FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. The listeners of this podcast are its main driving force. If you would like to support FGC Hollywood, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as leaving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, enjoy the show. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. Yeah, it's got like 450 people, so I don't know if there's a cap specific. It might have been like uh, 512, if because you said Skullgirls was 256. Yeah. Yeah, so it must have been double. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 18. My name is Max Bleiser. I'm joined as always by Pringle the One. Pringle, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good, you know. We were away for a week. Everybody was like, no podcast? What am I going to do with my life? But don't worry, we're here to save y'all. <laughs> I actually, yeah. Uh, shout outs to Jason with the Anger War Gamer Podcast. He uh, he at me on Twitter. He's like, "What do you mean no podcast? <laughs> what am I supposed to do?" <laughs> right? He's like, "What am I supposed to listen to while I'm bored at work, man?" Mm-hmm. So I gave him some suggestions, but uh, we're back. You know, we the reason why we were off a week is because we ran our Catch These Hands tournaments, and it was fun, man. It was uh, it was really fun. It ran much smoother than last time. I'll say that we had a couple technical difficulties here and there, but for the most part, for our second tournament, I would give us uh, an eight out of ten as far as how it ran. But I will say, man, not having lobbies in that game mm-hmm. is a headache. Dude, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, I was amazed that you said it was running well when you have no lobbies, because it's like that's so weird. I don't know what you kind of supposed to do in that, like supposed yeah. to do something like ghetto, aren't you? Like you got a Jimmy rig, something or something like that. <laughs> so what we did was I streamed on Twitch, and we had people who were in the bracket join voice chat, and then I would watch their stream to Discord of their match, and then I would stream that to Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what were they thinking, dude? That's so weird, man. Yeah, they weren't thinking, which yeah. made the tournament it so it ran a lot. We only had 9 participants, right? Mm. And it the tournament ran pretty long because of the fact that we kept having to have people join voice chat and yeah, stream man. and then you have to figure out the Discord stream. So not having lobbies was definitely a a wrench thrown in the plans there, but we got it done, you know, it was about a 3 and a half hour tournament. And uh, man, I tell you what, for for a little Discord tournament, back to back so far, they've been really exciting finishes. So mm, nice, yeah. I think I saw a bit of the ending of the the clips you posted in. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty pagan out there, man. He, he, he out there taking souls, man. Again, <laughs> the take of soul. He's the Reaper right now. He's our Discord Reaper, bro. Remember when I played him Scorers? The dude knew how to play, man. He had he had a good idea. I was like, yo, this man takes souls, man. And he used Pain Wheel, which is like hard as hell. <laughs> yeah, he's a secret boss. You yeah, just want to make sure he doesn't he doesn't spend too much time on Skullgirls. He's I know, too right? Good. <laughs> he's gonna come out nowhere, change his name, be like, "Yeah, I did this just to beat you, man." For years, I've been training. I'm like, "Oh man, he is a villain." <laughs> yeah, shout out to Pagan. He's our winner. It was again. It was a bracket reset in grand finals. Mm-hmm. It was Pagan against JJ, who was fairly new to our Discord. And, he did pretty uh, well too, man. He brought he brought the bracket reset. He made Pega. I was like, hold on, hold on. He might I might not be able to take this man's soul right quick. Yeah, no, for a second it looked like Pagan was, you know, mom spaghetti. Cause you know, yeah. he was <laughs> he was letting things go, execution wasn't going. But I tell you what, eventually he regained composure. Leona did so much work for him. By the time Leona got about a character and a half to two characters out, that if he ever got to Takuma, then it was over because his Takuma was really, really strong as an anchor and he uh, he sealed the deal. But it was really competitive. It was really fun to watch. And uh, yeah, congrats to Pagan. Back to back, take her a soul champion. 
So he re- he retains his title, retains his belt until the next tournament. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, all around, really, really fun. Uh, now I'm wondering what you're what we're gonna try next, man. We got to do a TFH tournament. It's got to. We have to happen, man. Yeah, man. We got to get some ponies up in here. I know. We got so many haters in the Discord. Yeah, Won't no. <laughs> catch these hooves, and they ain't ready. <laughs> and they ain't ready, man. I bet they'll like. I bet. Sometimes you can garner interest if everyone else is doing it, especially in like a tournament. So it might it might even bring more interest if people are they they look and the Nico's amazing. So like that really helps. Like you don't have to worry too much about like people not connecting and stuff. And and it has a lobby. So there you go. That's a that's a psychological thing. You know, I, I learned that in, in junior yeah. year of, of high school. My yeah. uh, my psych teacher, I remember he was teaching us a lesson and he was saying, if somebody smiles at you and you don't know them you're more likely to smile because of the the chemicals that are like are produced when you smile right like so you're going to probably reciprocate the smile because it's nice right it's nice to have somebody yeah. smile at you so you, you give them back that that feedback mm-hmm. and a lot of times especially as teenagers he was giving the example he's like a lot of you are like 16 and 17 right now if mm-hmm. if you learn it's like let's say a girl who you didn't know of and you don't know much about you don't like her or anything if you learn through like a third party of something like if she likes you automatically the way your brain operates well if she likes me you already like her more because you like you for the most part like she wants me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so automatically right it's like well if they're playing this game maybe i should also play this game so everybody yeah. can be together right so yeah i think ponies are really fun i think a lot of people are stuck on the fact that it's ponies and not <laughs> functions which uh man i gotta say we'll get to it to shadow of the week but that clip from the ending for Frosty, uh, for, yeah. dude, when, oh my God, when he did the ground stomp like six times in the corner, I got so hyped. <laughs> <laughs> he head banging, man. He head banging his head against the, the wall, the floor, man. I didn't yeah. even know you could co- combo that together like that. Or is that like? I think it's counter head only and in the corner. Yeah. Oh, that's sick though. That's real sick. Yeah. A bunch of quarter circles or something like that, right? No, it's down, down inputs. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. We'll get to Shadow of the Week, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But you brought this up earlier, uh, the clips, right? So the reason, uh, or rather the inception for this actually came from Cash T's Hands number two, is uh, everybody wanted clips because of the fact that the tournament was three and a half hours. I wanted to condense everything into a clip. So I was like, maybe I should start a clips channel and not only have tournament clips on there, but have podcast clips as well. So that's what I did. And I spent all of this week working on that channel. And it's just called FGC Hollywood Clips. I put our tournament highlights for Catch These Hands 2 on there. And every single podcast that we recorded has at least one clip now on that channel. So people can get bite-sized little clips of FGC Hollywood if they don't want to listen to the whole show. And that's on uh, just a dedicated clips channel. So they don't have to mess with, you know, trying to filter through. Is this a whole show? Is this just a clip? So I'm going to try to take about a, one clip that I find somewhat interesting um, from each podcast. And I'll put it on there every week. And uh, who knows what else will go on there. Probably more highlights of Discord tournaments. But uh, yeah, that's the thing now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Pringle, you, you brought this up before we hit the record button. Is uh, you're prepping for Frosty, right? And I actually oh, yeah. asked you. I was just like worried for a second because I thought it was next weekend. I was just like, "Oh damn, do you do you want me to to sub in uh, <laughs> broken so you can get some more prep time for Frosty?" But uh, your champ, you're just like, "Nah, I'm good. I got this." <laughs> nah, yeah, man. Podcast, 
podcast to me is more important, man. I mean, like, if I go all in two, then I'm going to be like, why did I even bother? I should just do the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like an option right. select in your head. <laughs> no, for real, right? Yeah, option selected, man. I try to keep my eyes safe, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, honestly, it really is more important to do this than really anything. Because, like, you know, we, we really become more out of this than, like, if I was just competing for myself, honestly. Even though I like it, it's still, like, I get more out of this than just competition in general. But, yeah, man, I've been prepping. You know, I checked out my bracket. I'm, like, I'm looking at it, and it's, like, it doesn't look that hard, honestly. I pretty much, like, I've played the people. Like, I've played some of those people, and I didn't have much trouble fighting against them. So we'll see. But I don't know, like. You know, sometimes like I might get the nerves, the nerves might cu- come in It might, it might run me through the wall and I might lose because of that. Or, you know, yeah. try not to think clam too much hands. about it. Yeah. My clam hands might kick in, man. The runs, man. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the nerve run that I get there. Those are really sucks, man. But I, I'm definitely, I'm probably going to like wake up a little bit earlier and just like warm up like for a good hour or so. And just really get warmed up for the uh, bracket and see how far I go, man. Do you subscribe to the uh, four hour rule of how like MMA fighters and boxers, right? Because they're, they'll, they'll sleep because of the fact that they, they travel a lot. So sometimes their sleep schedule can be different if they're like in Australia or mm-hmm. the Middle East. They say, you know, when you wake up, you don't want to wake up out of bed and go into a cage fight or into a boxing ring, right? You, mm-hmm. you want to wake up, get, get your, your feet under you, kind of get warmed up. And it normally takes about four hours. So if you wake up four at hours. eight... Yeah, if you wake up at eight, you mm-hmm. theoretically want to fight at noon, and that's when you're yeah. most like up. So low key though, I I kind of agree with that that idea because I was like I, I even thought I was like I'm gonna work I'm gonna wake up early and I'm going for a run. <laughs> I'm going I'm going I'm going to train my body, man. Before just wake up early, train my body. Uh, I won't eat, man. I I don't know what it is. I don't think I should eat, but like since I don't like having runs, if it was like a real fight though, like if I was like I would definitely be warming up like nuts, man. Like. If I was in boxing, I did do it for a little bit, but I, I was training for a real fight, but then I got a, a concussion and I had to step away from that, which sucked. But uh, I was training for one and like, that would definitely be my, I would be like warming up the whole time, honestly. Cause like, I, I remember uh, even if you see like Tyson, like Mike, he just mm-hmm. warms up like the whole time. Like this dude's warming up. By the time he gets to the boxing ring, the dude is sweaty. So like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. I feel like that's the right idea, honestly. I, I see a lot of, because I, I love MMA, right? And I follow it a lot. Yeah, so man. a lot of those fighters, especially when they travel, they that's their their rule. They have like a four-hour rule. It's just like, if I'm going to wake up, I want to be already up for four hours, warmed up and, and ready. So when I step into the cage, I'm, I'm completely aware, alert, awake. So Yeah, man. You don't, that's why I was like, I want to wake up much earlier and warm up because I don't, I play, I don't really play very well. I wish that wasn't the case, but honestly, I don't play good when I, like, I swear, bro, when I first play, it's like, I, I'm like, a, I got chicken hands or something. I got chicken wings <laughs> on my hands, bro. Cause I like, I, it's like, I don't even, I've never played this game before, but after like a good hour of straight up warming up is really when I start feeling like I'm playing completely well. Right. So yeah, good luck tomorrow. Have you done any specific training to lead up for tomorrow or just regular, regular playing? Oh man, no, nah, man. My re- my regular stuff, man. I don't, I'm not really that kind of person that does anything specifically. I just keep my P's and Q's. If anything, the more specific things is like the things I should avoid in a way. I should just keep it basic, man. <laughs> yeah. I should just do real basic, easier stuff that I always can do and always remember to do it. And I, I labbed a couple of things here and there, but it's like, I just, I lab like some new routes and I was like, all right, cool. 
but it's really the the normal basic things that I wanted like because it's always the easy stuff that messes us up. You know what I mean? Oh, he dropped a combo, but he does it all the time. It's like it's usually that's the stuff that really kind of beats our asses. Right. Well, cool. Uh, what time is your pool tomorrow? Uh, I think it's like eleven my time, but it's like one central. Oh, sweet. That means I get to watch. I'll follow the bracket and we'll see where you're at. And uh, people that are listening to this right now, I mean, this is probably going to be going up on Monday. So it'll be after the tournament is over. But uh, in case you do do good, and even if you go on too, I'll put the bracket, I'll link it in the description of the YouTube version of this podcast so they can see exactly where you, what you did <laughs> during your <adventure. laughs> Yeah, man, definitely. All right on. I wish you good luck. I'll do it for y'all, man. I'm doing it for y'all. Let me put yeah. more pressure on myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the name of Hollywood, you better not go. In the name of Hollywood. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of Hollywood, we got our question of the week. And this is courtesy of Jam in the Discord. Not really an FGC question, but uh, I, I opened the table for him. I was like, ask whatever you want. And he said, what is your guilty pleasure? Do you have a guilty pleasure? Uh, nah, not really. I don't think I have anything that I'm, I'm, I feel guilt over. Maybe, maybe when I buy like, the 10th re-release of Kingdom Hearts 2, I don't feel like guilty, but it's definitely a shame thing. It's like, come on, man, what's wrong with me? I played this game like seven times. Well, I got to buy the next one. Got to buy the next one. It's going to have to happen. Because <laughs> I bought like I bought the originals, the first two games, and then I bought the, the 1.5 remake and the 2.5 remake. And then I recently bought the the one that's the story so far. So I have like, have like, I bought the game basically like four or five times some bull crap like that. Man. I've played it like God knows how many times, but I wouldn't say I'm guilty of it, but it's definitely one of those, like, I don't really need to keep buying the same. I'm done <laughs> doing that though. I, don't, I, I, the, I got them for dirt cheap though. That's for sure. Like your boy got it for cheap. Like I, don't, I didn't pay nothing full price. Yeah. Well, that's your MO. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, man. Got it for cheap. Mm-hmm. I'm similar. You know, I was thinking, I was like, I guess I am technically a little bit of a hypocrite because I always make fun of you and an org and, and whoever else is in the discord of, you know, you guys collecting games. <laughs> yeah. Um, when in reality, like I buy manga volumes, like I'll buy one punch man. Oh, that's cool, and, uh, man. <laughs> so what? I guess I collect that too. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's really cool though. Manga volumes is like, they're like books, you know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. like they're, they're definitely useful. You could read through them. The thing I hate about manga volume collecting, though, is that you go to the store and it has one, two, six, seven, eight. I'm like, damn, what happened to, <laughs> to the, the ones in the middle? Yeah, exactly. Then you would have to go scout for them online. Well, the l- lucky thing for me is, so I, I currently only buy two manga. I buy One Punch Man mm. and I buy uh, Terraformers. Now, oh. uh, Terraformers is on volume, uh, I think, 23 and one punch man is on volume 22 and i've been getting those as they're released the problem with buying manga in the united states is that we're so far behind right the chapters were so mm-hmm. far behind and the the volumes only come out once every five to six months so mm-hmm. it's been easy to actually keep up with it because of the fact that i've been buying it for so long that i'll just wait for the release i'll drive my ass to barnes and noble go spend $12 or whatever, and then come back, read it, and then put it on my shelf. <laughs> and then <laughs> it takes so long, right? Like for, like the next One Punch Man volume comes out in June. So by the time 23 comes out or whatever, I will have to read 22 again and then read 23 because it's the, the gap between the two. So, uh-huh. But it is something I definitely collect. I love, there are certain series that I, I love having. And uh, those two for now are the two ongoing ones. I also own another one, but it's it's finished. So that one is 
shelved forever. But if I ever want to reread it, it's there. So yeah, I was making fun of you guys for collecting games, but when I'm like all <laughs> digital, but here I am buying manga volumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool to have a, a little collection hobby. Uh, I, I definitely just recently got, like, I think I got for myself, I got full body cap. I got cash for full body. I bought it for like 20 bucks. Super okay. cheap. Yeah, real, real cheap. That's the cheapest I saw it. So, so far, someone's selling it. And then I think I got Super Mario Galaxy for like 15 bucks, which is another real cheap price for it. So, you know, I, I still look for like, even though I'm buying stuff, I still look for it on the cheap. Like, I can't, like, I think I, I, I am, I won't buy something if it goes past like 50 or $60, depending on if I really, really want it. And then if I do that, then I'm probably not going to buy nothing for like, for like the following month or something. I can't do $60 anymore for games, man. Ever since moving to PC, PC has uh -huh. taught me that like I don't have to spend full price. Even if Omori was $60, I would have waited. I would have been like, nah, I'm not going to buy this right now. I really <laughs> want to, but I won't. PC really has made me think that way. It's like, you don't have to get them because it's the sales are, well, they will come. Unless it's Grand Blue Fantasy, the sale will come. All <laughs> <laughs> right, dude. Jesus Christ. So uh, we talked before we start recording. We actually have a lot of news items, not so much anything critical, but uh, the week off did allow the FGC news machine to circulate a little bit. So we got some some interesting things here. The first item of news is uh, something I titled Much Improved by SNK. And actually, this is two weeks worth. So on January 20th, 2021, SNK revealed its second character trailer, this time featuring Mei Tenkun. The trailer was much improved compared to the the jarringly cut together trailer that was week prior with Shunei and it it was bad right like the first trailer was really bad this one yeah, you could yeah. tell like they they got some feedback they're like okay let's let's do it better Mei Tenkun is a sleepy young fighter who is always seen holding a pillow who debuted in the series The King of Fighters 14 along with Shunei and he trained under Tung who they're all part of Team China however to the surprise of many Team China was not completed in the following trailer, which came on January 27th, 2021, as it featured gameplay of an already announced character, Benimaru, and his inclusion to Team Hero alongside Shunei and Mei Tenkun. So we got two trailers worth because of the fact that they keep releasing these trailers on Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time, which uh, I didn't catch on until last week <laughs> because yeah, I thought they just keep ghost uploading these trailers. I was like... Why are they not putting out a tweet saying anything? I went on both Twitter accounts, like the SNK Japan, SNK Global. I went on the director's Twitter. Nothing. They didn't say anything. And all of a sudden, the trailer for Benimaru is out. I'm like, wait a second. Why aren't you promoting any of this? But then I looked at the end of the, each trailer. It says, more information to come next week. So by that little text, they mean, stay tuned. Next week, at the same time, same place, we'll have another trailer. <laughs> Yo, that's so freaking stupid, man. <laughs> hey, man, stay tuned next week. All right, what time? Next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the hell, man? But they won't so say. Weird. Like, they won't say on Twitter. They won't say on the SNK website. Uh, the fan SNK Twitters don't have any information. So, like, it's literally radio silence until from one trailer to the next it's radio silence there's not a single piece of information that you can see which whatever that's the negative you know i i don't like that but at least now we know that until further notice until they say anything every thursday 7 p.m i think or 8 p.m something around that time central time is going to be a trailer of some sort on snk's 
YouTube page. So at least now we can expect that. That should be weekly because they keep having that text at the end of each trailer. Now, there's two things I want to talk to you about here. One, did you see the Meitan Kun trailer from two weeks ago? Yeah, the, the, the Meitan Kun. I, I love the. <laughs> yeah. I actually like the <laughs> the king of fighters 15 yeah man i actually like the uh i like how it sounds man to be honest it's pretty funny but it's funny how people are annoyed by it but yeah i saw it it's i don't know man personally i'm not like I just feel like snk is not shattering my expectations <laughs> if i have any to begin with because at this point man <laughs> at this point like they're just showing like okay I, what i was thinking is that they were gonna show a character trailer every week till the game drops that is a kind of a cool idea. But I feel like at this point, is this all we got? Like, is this how we, like, is it just character trailers? Is it nothing else? Like, is this all fighting games have been for the last 20 years or something? Maytenko, what? They're going to hit up Terry Bogard. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I knew his ass was coming, but they're just going to do more character trailers. And it just feels so, like, feels dry, man. It feels like the creative marketing team is. The creativity marking is just dry as hell. It looked good though. I would so like okay. So a part of me now, I like I like the graphics more than more I seen after the Shune trailer. I, I like what I see. Like the graphics look loads better, man. Like the characters, they look loads better. Mm -hmm. Um, not super super great like Sam show, but they look better than fourteen. And honestly, that's all I wanted at this point, man. I just don't want it to look like fourteen, dude. I think that everybody could say that, but it's still like it's like. It's going from a, uh, like a, a D to a C, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, no, it's, <laughs> it's passing. passing. Yeah, it's passing. Yeah, man. So still some weird stuff here and there, but I don't know, man. I, I, I just, SNK is not shattering my expectations, man. I don't know what they're thinking that's going to lead to that happening, but I, I, I like, I'm just not feeling it really. I, but I, I really want a KOF game. Though. That's why, so that's what, that's the part I am feeling. I'm, I'm pretty content if we get KOF. Because I really want a new game that isn't like anime fighting game or some Bandai Namco. I don't want no more Bandai Namcos. I feel like we got plenty of those. Show me a little bit more. Throw me a little bit more seasoning on this. This is like a thin ass cut of meat, man. It's like it's like a, a piece of invisible meat, man. Holograph holographic meatloaf. There we go. I think I think they're getting there, right? Like it's I think yeah. it's early. So we've had four trailers so far right we've had the we had shune meitenkun and now benimaru and then we had the debut trailer so at least they've been consistent with yeah, putting out yeah. these trailers which is good uh one thing i would say the reason why you know i i know character trailers aren't all that exciting especially when you already know they're in the game but they're mm -hmm. easy to churn out because of the yep, fact yeah. that they're easy to cut and they already have probably a lot of the the source material from whatever the the big project that they have so it's easy to continue being in the news every week. That's why they're doing it weekly, which I like, you know, it, it keeps yeah. them, it keeps us talking about SNK, right? Every week. Similar like how last year, how MK was always in the news, you know, eventually you say MK enough and you're like, hey, actually they're doing pretty good. Maybe SNK yeah. is looking to that blueprint and be like, hey, as long as we're in the news and people don't forget about us, maybe that'll help. Mm -hmm. So Character trailers, you know, they're not super exciting, but at least it's better than nothing. Yes, you are definitely right right there, man. I mean, it's true, you know, every week we at least know, like I said, if they're willing to drop a character trailer every week till the game drops, that's a smart-ass idea, personally. I just wonder, man, like, what is the shattering expectations? They, they they really out here making this one sound like the, the magnum opus holy grail of AOF, so I really hope it delivers. Yeah, that's not a good tagline because... Mm -hmm. 
The thing is, right, like anytime you're proposing an idea to an audience, like let's say, for example, you and I just declare this is the best podcast ever. Immediately, the person who just listened to that was just like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, now they're right. judging us uh, based on their best on the best podcast or one of the most popular podcasts immediately like it's an uphill battle by them saying shattering all expectations already you're planting the seed in my head be like okay let's see <laughs> and it's not a good tagline it really isn't mm -mm, nah man i don't know why they would have done that man i mean like just be like working we're king of fighters, and we're trying to make a good-ass fighting game. Just be modest, man. They out here not. Nah, no humble pie in that meal, man. And we've seen <laughs> what you guys have been doing, dog. <laughs> yeah. I will say, to their credit, they're slowly but surely, they're answering some questions that we had, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's too early to answer the netcode question. We don't know. I don't think we'll know mm -hmm. until we even get a release date, maybe. And who knows when this game is coming out? But they're answering some questions as far as the graphics, right? Initially, we were like, oh, that doesn't look too great. It looks kind of... The animations didn't look great, at least with the Shunei trailer. But I have to say, May 10 could look pretty good in motion. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Benny Mara looked pretty good in motion. So I was like, hey, yeah, that's... Yeah. And like you said, it looks better than 14. That's kind of all I wanted as well. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. So I'm... Overall, right now, I am in a much better place than I was two weeks ago with the Shunei trailer. I'm like, okay, this is a little more encouraging to see. So I'm excited, you know, listen, if it's going to, I don't like the ghost uploading thing. That's annoying, but all right, whatever. Every Thursday at 7 PM, I'll, I'll tune in. I'll see who you got. I'll watch and we'll keep talking about it. But uh, yeah, they could do things better, but it's still early. And I'm holding on hope for that net code because listen, if, if they just continue on staying in the news cycle, they do things right. And they, shatter our expectations with netcode alone i think they'll be all right yeah man seriously dude <laughs> about to have netcode great netcode but no lobby system oh, the, monkey's God. <laughs> the monkey's paw man <laughs> <laughs> it is the monkey's paw bro oh man uh, oh god don't say that i completely forgot about that <laughs> all right armande on discord asked uh which would you guys rather have KOF 15 or KOF 13 with either game having godlike rollback netcode. So whatever you know of KOF 15 right now, would let's say it has Skullgirls levels of GGPO. Or you can forego KOF 15 altogether and you take KOF 13 as it is right now and you put Skullgirls level GGPO on that. Which do you want? I think I'd go with 15, man, still. Really? Wow. Yeah, because like 13, I don't like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the competition. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen 13, man. I don't know what it is, but I've seen a lot of Iori's and a lot of, uh, I forget, the old drunk guy. And I just see a lot of that. And the game has infinites. And I don't know if that's something that will ever get fixed, but I'd prefer not to play a game that's too busted. It's a really good game, though. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, I don't really like, I've seen the tournaments and I don't really like the diversity I see. It's not very much compared to what I think even 14 has, which 14 has a lot more diversity than 13. And it doesn't have the infinites. Does it have the infinites? I don't think I've ever seen infinite in 13. But then again, I, I only watch competitive yeah. footage. And there's there's some infinites, I think. I think the uh I think uh the guy with the Tengu mask got in, got an infinite over there. Mr. Karate? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Karate, yeah. I know they have like really long combos, right? And they have long yeah. juggles, but I don't know if they're infinites. 
Could be wrong, but I think I saw one that looked like it looked like an infinite. But I don't know. I, I just don't like the diversity I've seen in KF thirteen. I, I thought there would be more diversity when I when I look at it when I look at the VODs and tournaments, but I don't see much. It's not a huge roster compared to fourteen. Yeah, yeah, but it's big enough so that I don't see the same three characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, it's like Iori, Mister Karate, yeah. and Kim. <laughs> exactly, man. I will pick thirteen only because I I really like thirteen and it's already a proven product. 15, mm. as exciting as it is, right? Because it's a new game. I'm encouraged by what I see so far. Is it still unproven? I don't know what it's going to be, even with godlike netcode. So as much as I would like to say 15, because it's new, it's exciting. I already know what I'm getting with 13. And that's the safe bet. So I'm playing with house money right there. So I have to go with, with 13. The next news item is Itadaki's return. So this kind of flew under the radar, I find, for a lot of people, because I didn't see a lot of people in the FGC talk about this, but... On January 17th, 2021, Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden director Tomonobu Itadaki announced the creation of a new studio, Itadaki Games. Itadaki is most famous for his work on the Dead or Alive series, which he worked as producer and director until Dead or Alive 4 and spinoff Dead or Alive Extreme 2. Is that the volleyball one? I think. Yeah, I was about to ask that too, man. I think that is the volleyball one, man. <laughs> I think uh, if that's the case, too, that's definitely the game where people spend so much DLC on the clothes. Change the bikinis and stuff like that that the girls wear. Mm. Yeah, they love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Itadaki was demoted by Tecmo in regards to sexual harassment complaint, of which he was found innocent before leaving the studio to to forge his own way. He then founded Valhalla Studios and directed Devil's Third, which released in 2015. Itadaki Games will be an established standalone studio with no ties with Itadaki's former employer, Tecmo, or Valhalla Game Studios. Due to the director's long history of collaborating with Microsoft, Itadaki said that, quote, I know Microsoft is still aggressive and that would be an honor to work with any of them on upcoming games. And then we have a question from Jam. But uh, before we get to Jam's question, did you know anything about Itadaki's history and Dead or Alive? Because I was kind of clueless to this, to be honest. No, not at all, man. I've never really followed the Dead or Alive series since I... Since I've never actually sat down, you know, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think I ever played a Dead or Alive game, man. <laughs> wait, 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 no, I did once, but I don't really feel like I played the game. But yeah, yeah, I never really played them, man. You should get six. It's free on Steam. Is it really? Yeah, you only get to play a couple characters, but you get the feel for it. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely do that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the Core Fighters Edition. I call it the Core Values Edition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I didn't know anything about this. So uh, Itadaki was the director before Shimbori, which I know Jam loves because uh, he credits him for ruining the Dead or Alive series. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's the wrong reasons, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jam on Discord asks, "What do you think are the chances Itadaki created his new company to make a brand new fighting game, and what are the chances that game will be a Series X or Series S exclusive? Do you think whatever he's working there on Itadaki Games now, you think that's going to be a fighting game, or you think he's going to do something else? I don't know. Maybe he'll do something else. I think if, because if it's like a fighting game and it's exclusive to the Xbox Series X, it might not like sell as well. I think because people are already just getting PS5 instead for the fighting yeah. game stuff." I think it might be a bad idea to drop anything on the Xbox like that. Yeah, Xbox is in a weird space where like Japanese developed games 
they don't do very well there unless they're extremely, extremely popular right out the gate. So I wouldn't advise it either. I don't think, even though they didn't have a lot of success with previous, with old school Dead or Alive games on Microsoft's platform, I wouldn't want that to be exclusive to that because what does that really do for Microsoft? Like if Microsoft really wanted a fighting game to be exclusive to their platform, they will just make another Killer Instinct. Mm -hmm. And they've shown no real interest in doing that because that game has been dormant for I don't know how many years. doesn't mean they'll never do it, but I don't really know why they would go for a series that isn't Dead or Alive by the director unless he basically copy-paste Dead or Alive's formula. And by formula, I don't mean about fighting. I mean about waifus (laughs) because that's really what sells it. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, I I don't foresee this being a fighting game. I don't really see it being an exclusive either, but uh, yeah, I just don't have a lot of information there. But I will say if he does make a fighting game, I will say you, you better put it on multi-platform because being exclusive to Microsoft is a, as bad as it sounds. I think it's a death sentence for fighting games. Yeah, man. Sucks, man. So yeah, good luck to you, Tadaki. Hopefully it makes something cool. We'll keep a lookout for that, especially if that's a fighting game. Uh, no Fun Allowed featuring NRS. So on January 16th, 2021, Mortal Kombat Ultimate competitor Titanium Tigers was disqualified from his Mortal Kombat 11 Pro Competition tournament match in abrupt fashion. The abrupt disqualification came after noticing the custom variation name for his character Shiva as it was a joke callout to the developer NetherRealm Studios. The variation, which is a personalized moveset that displays a custom name to opponents, was dubbed Why Did NRS Do This? <laughs> Shortly after the DQ, the commentator simply said that Titanium Tiger's opponent would be advancing despite the match not officially concluding. No reason was given, but the commentators went on to remind everybody to, quote, abide by the rules and that everybody's got to be respectful, end quote. So that's what they said on stream after the, the match got cut off. In a comment he made to Kotaku, Titanium Tiger stated that, Quote, it was meant to be funny since the character I was using is basically extremely easy. The joke was, why would they make such an easy character? Shiva has been a hot topic in the competitive Mortal Kombat 11 circles lately due to her drag and drop stomp attack. An unblockable move that can be used in just about any situation to put Shiva in a more favorable position. I think I remember that move. I think it was always unblockable to be honest. Furthermore, Titanium Tigers explained that after being left in the dark with regards to what was happening and finishing his set off stream, a tournament moderator explained to him that it was due to his variation name. He is quoted saying this, They banned me in the very first match where I used the name. No opportunity to change the name was given and no one reached out to me. I'd have changed it instantly if they'd given me the option. Lastly, while there is no specified rule against this type of action, The Code of Conduct section does give the tournament organizers the ability to disqualify players for just about any reason at their own discretion. Uh, Just one little note there. It's uh, this is NetherRealm Studios tournament code of conduct, not the FGCOC. Mm. So when I read this, I was just like, this is soft. (laughs) (laughs) It's wet noodle right here, man. (laughs) Whack, dude. They they freaking took him out. They could have just easily told him, yo, man, you need to change your name. No, man. They said, hell no. Get the hell out of my store, man. Get out of my t- tournament, man. That's messed up, bro. They could have easily just told him. And it doesn't even, it's not even that bad. Like, it could have been an inside joke or something. It's not even, why did NRS do this? It's it. like, come on, man. It's not like he's saying NRS devs are retarded. Like, come on, man. That's stupid, dude. It's, 
The reason why I say it's soft is because, listen, you're a development studio of a game that ha literally has people killing each other. Well, not only killing each other, but punching brains out of their skulls. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and you're telling me you can't take a little bit of criticism in a funny fashion? It says, why did NRS do this? <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, it's soft. I'm sorry. This is weak. <laughs> it's yeah, really man. weak. Hell, dude, like, I I don't understand why the, the TOs couldn't have just told them, hey, man, just change your name and then you're good to go because we can't really, like, because, okay, so, like, it reminded me of, like, so, like, in Skullgirls, there's a dude, man, like, I forgot the player's name, but he just, he's, his name is, like, Smelly with some smegma on the side. And it's like, yo, okay, that's nasty, man. That's gross, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that, you should definitely, like, they said it, it was, they made a point, like, yo, man, you can't be doing that. Change the name. That's, that's gross, but. Really, why did NRS do this? That's not really like ask him to change the name. That's not really a big of a deal. And if anything, you need to let it roll. I mean, like Mortal Kombat is like gruesome. You got goddamn Terminator kicking people in the nutsack, blasting their balls out and come out of their mouth. Like, come on, man. that <laughs> was this kind of crap. That's retarded, man. It's like yo, like that's like that's like Terminator coming up to me and telling me you hurt my feelings. I'm like, get the hell out of here, much old heavy ass. Yeah, that's that's that was my sentiment too. Is like you, you can't take any form of criticism, especially when this was so benign. Like it, it's harmless. The DQ that was, I think, unjust. The fact that they, like you said, they didn't even warn him. They didn't give him an opportunity to change the name. He was just out of there. So one strike and you're out. Apparently, snapped his ass. Man. <laughs> they snapped that man, dude. They didn't even say nothing. Can you imagine, though, that's kind of scary then because if they're holding that kind of power, they're just snapping brothers left and right for anything. I can't imagine, man. They'd be like, my name is uh, Gaylord Falker. They just sna snap me because they think my name is a joke, but it's my real name. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I take, if Titanium Tigers ever listen to this, I'm on your side, buddy. Like, I think uh, yeah. whatever you did, that was funny for one. it's Why is it funny to me? Because it's kind of grassroots. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you, you take an opportunity to like jab the developer, not in a very harmful way or a rude way. It's just funny, right? It's harmless. And he made it to stream. So that means he obviously was, he got to a point where he was in winners maybe. Obviously, if you're on stream, you've done pretty well. So he, yeah, he had a platform. He decided to put a joke on there. It's harmless. But uh, yeah, NRS, apparently those TOs, they, uh, yeah. Whack. <laughs> it, it, it's making me think that maybe they're getting too big for their britches, man. You know what I mean? They're getting too, their head is getting big as hell. Like it's getting into like John Travolta size head. And now it's getting bigger and bigger. And now they're like, well, we can do whatever we want. That's how we do it in our pro comp petition. <laughs> well, good luck to Titanium Tigers. I, I read in that Kotaku article as well that uh, he said that's not going to discourage him from keep entering tournaments. NRS tournaments, that is, because it is his favorite game. So he just knows not to do that again. But he did think that it was unjust, the fact that he uh, he got DQ'd instead of warned. So I guess now we know what NRS is all about. Mm -hmm. Next news item is our favorite game here on FGC Hollywood. Grand Blue <laughs> Fantasy versus. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So uh, Pringle, your, your, your fellow Pringle is here. So honorary... <laughs> It's the Pringles man guy? Oh, it is man. the Pringles man guy, yep. Andre, a.k.a. Uno, is out at last. By the way, I don't know why he's known as Andre in the West and then Uno in the East. 
that's weird. Why can't he just be one name? But whatever. I always do that, man. I don't. And they always do that with Japanese stuff, man. I don't. I don't really know why they do that, man. It's like it's like this is Hashio Takamaru Genji Okamama, and then in, in, in the West he's John. <laughs> Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, it's so off, man. Yeah, but even then, like the localization, if that's the case, Uno is a lot easier for us to say than Andre. But yeah, man. Whatever. Anyway, Side Games revealed the full gameplay trailer for its latest addition to the Grand Blue Fantasy Versus roster, Uno, also dubbed Andre in the West. While there was no additional character teaser, at the end of Andre's trailer, Grand Blue Fantasy fans can expect more chapters to come to the RPG mode of the game later, later next month. Andre is now available for purchase and play for either $6.99 if bought individually or for $34.99 if bought as part of the game's second season pass. So as you're listening to this podcast, this actually happened last week. He's already out. You can already play him. From what I understand, he's really good because he's got uh, parries and stuff. So <clears throat> by the way, I put a note here, a great theme. He's got a great character theme. And I don't really like Grand Blue Fantasy's music that much, but he's his theme is pretty banging. I like it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Pringles Man is here, and uh, from what I understand, early right, early gameplay, but he's supposedly pretty damn good. So he might mm. be top tier. Expensive. <laughs> I can get. And what if I get like with sixty nine six ninety nine? I can get like three things of Pringles. And then what if I just draw him and make like a spear drawing right next to him? I got the character. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. <laughs> there you go, man. Got on rewriting my Pringles can. Yeah. And then you'll spend more time eating the Pringles and actually playing the character. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun jabbing at Grand Blue Fantasy because it's, I know it makes people annoyed that we don't like the game, but it's fun for me. <laughs> Yo, right. I love to bully you guys because it's yes. fun. To be fair, though, no one really likes how this guy looks either, from what I've heard. They like either. Megan's like, why would we get him out of all the other characters or something like that? From what I've seen, people complain about him. And he floats. I mean, that's pretty cool. He's like a, like, it would have been cool if he was like a Yoda type of archetype, but they already kind of got that with Charlotta or whatever the hell her name is. Yeah, I think so. A lot of people weren't interested in him because Grand Blue Fantasy has a lot of other mm -hmm. popular characters that they could have selected from and they picked him. So it was a bit of a head scratcher. So yeah. I think people are just, salty that he got picked instead of the, your favorite waifu or husbando or whatever yeah they didn't they didn't add a um beach catalina swimsuit wear yeah we need that first and then honoring mm -hmm. yep um pringle this should make you happy guilty gear finally listens to you hey yeah so on January 24th, 2021, Arc System Works put out its system trailer for the upcoming fighting game, Guilty Gear Strive. Which, by the way, I realized I was abbreviating Guilty Gear Strive wrong the whole time. Instead of GGS, it's GGST, according to the website. So, oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the video demonstrates all of the information that was available on GuiltyGear.com with some visual examples and an announcer describing the functionality of each mode. So everything that we went over uh, two weeks ago that was on the website that we were complimenting so much that it had all, all the cool information and all that, everything plus a couple of other items are in that trailer. So well done. They finally listened to you. You kept saying, why is everything oh, in written wow. form? 
Why is everything on the website? Make a trailer, they made a trailer. So similar to the website, the video showcased the game's battle system, offline modes, but also included the previously blocked off online tab and gave a bit more insight with regards to its lobby structure, player map system, and of course, its netcode. Although we already knew that Guilty Gear Strive would feature rollback netcode, it was finally touched upon for the first time in an official trailer, as opposed to only other previous mentions on the developer's blog's Q&A sections. The text in the video states that Guilty Gear Strive uses the same type of network players enjoyed in previous titles, or rather in the previous title, Guilty Gear XX Action Core Plus R, Steam version. This led to some speculation online whether or not this wording means that Guilty Gear Strive would in fact incorporate GGPO for its rollback netcode. However, after some confusion regarding this, Shinny, a producer at Arc System Works, went to Twitter to clarify things. Shinny is quoted saying this, same type rollback in general, but not exactly the same thing. Just clarifying, that said, we've had ex-champions we've had testing between Japan and North America, and the results are proving good. <clears throat> Lastly, Guilty Gear Strive is set to launch on PS4, PS5, and Steam on April 9th, with those who pre-order the Deluxe and Ultimate Editions receiving the game on April 6th, 2021 as well as all pre-order versions of the game receiving access to the beta test currently only confirmed for PlayStation users with the date to be determined down the line in 2021. So before we even get to the whole netcode thing, did you see this whole trailer? It's about five minutes. Uh, so I'm skimming through it and I am finally impressed. Color me impressed in this case because <laughs> they finally did the stuff that maybe they're looking at this. Maybe they're listening to the podcast, bruh. There's no way they all of a sudden they're like, yeah, let's all put this in the video. They're listening to this. Like, sure, <laughs> man. They got a well, scout. Sure. I got my aluminum, uh, my, my aluminum foil hat on. They're listening to this now. Now I know for a fact. <laughs> right. They got a scout listening right. to Hollywood. Maybe it's Jam or Zeo, actually. It sounds <laughs> a lot better. And honestly, if I would have seen this from the get-go, then I would have been like, hell yeah, this is a lot better. But like now it's a table. Before it was like crap floating. But now it's a, it's a, it's on a table. <laughs> it's all set. So I, yeah, it's all set, and it looks better. Like I definitely think it looks a lot better than before. But I will say that it is concerning though about the uh, the rollback. But if he says he played between JP JP and NA, okay. But where what side of NA? You know, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. North America's pretty got it big. If it was the West Coast, East Coast might be different. So you know, you got to think about that. But I mean, that's cool nonetheless. I guess yeah. Yeah, it's so I'll touch on that here in a second, but uh, mm -hmm. just on the trailer. So when I watched this trailer, I was like, okay, this is really cool. It doesn't blow my mind because I already was on the website and I'm really like you and I, we talk about this every week. We're like, mm -hmm. we already know all this information. So for us, it doesn't do a lot, but I was thinking about this outside looking in. If you're like a newcomer, this is exactly what you want. It's concise. You have all yeah, the information man. there. It's well delivered. The only problem there that I had was the announcer was kind of like uh, movie-ish, right? It was kind of weird, I but it, so that might that might my my opinion might change. It, right? <laughs> but uh, I didn't hear. Funny it. fact: it's actually the same announcer as KOF fifteen. Oh, <laughs> yeah, same guy. Oh, that's funny, actually. Good, yeah. good gig, man. Yeah. But uh, overall, the information was well delivered. I liked the trailer. It didn't feel too long. It, it was really well constructed. So I, I was applauding, like, finally, you did it. Mm -hmm. So good for them. But let's continue shitting on him. So 
they said this is going to be the same type of netcode players enjoyed with Guilty Gear Plus R. Everybody on Twitter was just like, wait a second. We knew this was going to be rollback, but Plus R has GGPO. Will Strive have GGPO? And then we got that clarification on Twitter. And now you just touched on it. They said we've had ex-champions testing between Japan and North America, and the results are proven to be good. That sounds pretty familiar. Do you remember another developer that uh, perhaps has a 3D game that said something similar? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how much faith I'm putting in those words. No, that's see, I feel like it's I feel like the netcode is going to be like two steps ahead from like Street Fighter five. That's not too reassuring in that regard. Yeah, man. I and it sucks, too, because like I feel like, okay, so like I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. uh, Like I've been watching it like every night. And there was a guy when when Larry was trying to talk to this dude, it was like a waiter. And every time the way he uh, Larry asked the waiter something, he would kind of work around the answer but not answer it it's like so there's a disturbance in the kitchen he's like well yes there is a disturbance in the kitchen and larry was like what what is that well there it is prevalent that is there is a disturbance and it is in the kitchen (laughs) and you hear that yes and it's like what the hell is that like why are you working around my answer but he's not answering it so like that's what it kind of feels like he did right there it's like same type of rollback in general, but not exactly the same. So what does that mean? It, like, you can't, it's the same, but it's not the same. So it ain't the same. <laughs> yeah. It, so it basically means that they work their net their net code from the ground up instead of using a template like GGPO. I have a note here, and obviously this is all anecdotal evidence, but uh, this is how I rank the quality of rollback netcode. And I spent, especially the last, month or two months now i've been really trying to play games with rollback netcode from people in different regions to really Mm. see what's the elite here when we're talking about rollback and like the reason why the stress test i really like this and i find it to be pretty accurate is because i use zeo as a as a subject and he lives Mm -hmm. in taiwan and uh taiwan to midwest america is pretty far so if if you can deal with that you can probably deal with anything Mm -hmm. so i rank these one through seven with two that i they're unknown uh one is skull girls ggpo uh, we, we talk about this all the time. So Skullgirls has regular GGPO and then whatever magic Mike Z put in there this summer or last summer, rather, it's it's above anything that I've ever played in my it's life. Like, it's got to, man. Yeah, it's got to, man. I would rank that number one by far. Second, I would put uh, Killer Instincts rollback netcode. That one is I don't know what it is, but it's it's really good. Like it's mm-hmm. it's super close to Skullgirls. It's. It might you might experience a couple delays because of the 3D character model, so you can you can see the rollbacks. It's it's superb. Also, Mike Z already he also worked on that as well, so maybe there's a oh, tie-in, right? Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, he did work on that. I forgot. I always forget about that. Yeah, that word. It's so damn good. I remember playing when I was in Florida. I had a buddy that was in Texas, and it was like flawless, man. It was like offline, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, number three, I would rank regular GGPO. So this is them's fighting herds. This is uh, Fight of Animals, all those games like Rising Thunder, all those games that have regular GGPO that Mike Z didn't do his little tinkering on that are just uh, normal GGPO, I would put that number three. They're really, really good, but they they still suffer from a little bit of the the region aspect if you, uh, you're too far away. Number four is Code Mystics rollback netcode, so this is... KOF 2002, Last Blade 2, all the stuff that Code Mystics puts in their in their old SNK games, 
really good rollback netcode, right? Like it's it's not as good, I don't think, as Skullgirl's GGPO, but I think it's pretty close to a normal GGPO. Um, number five, I don't have a lot of experience from this, um, mostly because I only remember Mortal Kombat X, but I would put Netherrealm Studios rollback netcode, their own rollback. It's pretty good, to be honest. I haven't had too many issues, but then again, I don't know if I played anybody overseas. I think for the most part, I played everybody in the States, but I, could, I couldn't have told you if the guy was in the Midwest and the West Coast or in the South because it was pretty seamless. So NetherRealm Studios, since they went away from delay with Mortal Kombat X and they went to the rollback, they had a couple issues there in the beginning. And ever since then, they really optimized it. So I, I still think it's really good. Number six, Melty Community Editions rollback netcode. That one's okay. It's playable. It's not, in my experience, it's not great. It's, it rollbacks a lot, especially if you're stretching oh, yeah. it out. Yeah, I, I don't, I haven't had the best experience with it. And it's not, a, it's similar to Code Mystics where it's just like, I know I'm playing rollback because I can experience it. And I, I'm almost like preparing for it in the back of my head. Like, okay, I think this is going to roll back here. So let me try to, you know, let me predict but yeah, I I think maybe if I got somebody who's a little closer to me and I try to play Melty with them, it'd be it'd be better. But um, personally, my experience again, this is anecdotal. My experience with Melty's Community Edition rollback wasn't great, which is another reason really why I don't want to swap IPs like that, right? Because it's... <laughs> man, dude, people will be like, yeah, man, there's like there's a because people told me already, man. I I think you've probably gotten messages about people telling you about like there's a way to get it without showing your IP and you got to do this and it's not that hard. You got to do this. And I was like, man, after you toss more steps than what I already got to do, already having to go through the goddamn community edition bull crap. I think I'm done looking for steps at that point. Yeah. They're, they're working right now on a prototype for lobbies where that you wouldn't have to do that. It's still a prototype. So I don't know. It's a cool idea, but uh, yeah, like the other day I was setting up fight Cade and mm. I ran into the, like I ran, you know, first of all, you have to get Fightcade and then you mm -hmm. have to download the ROMs and, yep. and then I have to set up my arcade stick and my arcade stick wasn't, it wasn't being configured. Like it wasn't registering. So I was like, man, let me just go play ponies. What am I doing trying to play? Yeah. You gotta it's go discouraging. through Yeah. It's annoying. And that's not like, okay. The, the big problem is that that's not for the general consensus of people. It's like for an audience that's already niche, living in an already niche method of getting games. Like, come on, man. That's like, yo, like, it's not easy to just Steam be up. Pull, Steam pulls itself up. It'd be like, what up, man? I updated for you. Here's your stuff. And it just pulls itself up. And then you mm -hmm. just you just click the game and you in it. You know, Scorpio's literally takes like, you start the game up and all you have to do is quick, like, go up like two buttons and then you already quick match. And you're already playing online in less than like two, three minutes. But that's not the case with like things like Fight K and all this other stuff. I like Fight K too, but I don't want to go through that. And then I don't like how it like functions, man. It's like I thought the new Fight K that they did would function a little bit better, but then for some reason I like it less. So like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, it's a lot of hoops to jump through. Listen, if I don't want to do it, and I love fighting games, what are the odds somebody who's just trying to like get into fighting games is willing to do this? Like, yeah, man, they're not gonna do that, man. They're gonna play more to combat. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, eventually I got it working. I had to restart the whole thing. And by the way, that runs regular GGPO as well. And that ran pretty seamless. Um, when I played Zio, we played Third Strike. But yeah, Melty's Community Edition, I haven't had great, great uh, results so far. And then last, but uh, certainly not least, 
the one that I have experimented with, the Street Fighter Five. Dude, Street Fighter Five sucks ass. It's really bad. Yeah, Dude, the real the you don't know, and I feel like there's something there's like a big problem with the matchmaking too, because like there's so many times where I get like a Mexican or a Brazilian player, and I'm like, come on, man, what what the hell are you on over there, man? Oh, I think that's man. all I get lately. Yeah, exactly. It chugs so much. I don't understand why that that it, it's gross. Ugh. The the teleporting is absurd. It's mm -hmm. it's not only you know what it's it feels weird. Like you're not only lagging, but then you're you're rolling back. So it's yeah, like, man. what is happening here? Like it's just it's it's the worst of both worlds. At least have one. Exactly, man. Yeah. Yeah, Street Fighter Five rollback is terrible. I would rank it at the bottom. Now the two unknowns that I would put is uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I've never played that game, so I can't tell you. That's not yeah. GGPO. It's its own proprietary rollback. So maybe it's like KI. Maybe it's like Street Fighter. I don't know. <laughs> but eventually I'll have to try it, but uh, not right now. And then Fighting EX Layer. That one, I don't know if that one is GGPO or not. I forgot. But from what I heard, it's like the netcode's pretty good. It's just not a lot of people play that game. So there's the matchmaking is kind of hard. And uh, last that I do know is uh, what is Tekken, dude? I don't even know what Tekken is. It rollback? Is it delay? It's is it three frames? Oh, yeah. It's a it's a it's a Chimera freakish hybrid. <laughs> it's, it's a mutant. It's a freak. Yeah, it's a mutant, dude. Yeah. So I would say uh, out of the the established rollbacks that I have tested, Street Fighter Five would be the worst. But if we're if we're saying Tekken is rollback, it's not it's not too far behind. And I think it's harder probably for Tekken because of all the three D in there. So. Yeah. So anyway, the reason why I listed all those. So when he says it's the same rollback for Guilty Gear Strive, but it's different. Okay, there's a big difference between whether it's Skullgirls GGPO, KI rollback, to Street Fighter V rollback, Tekken rollback. Like, there's levels to this, right? So mm -hmm. I, I was saying in the Discord, if Guilty Gear Strive has any of the top four, if it has Skullgirls uh, rollback, great. If it has KI rollback, great. If it has just regular GGPO, that's fine too. And if it has Code Mystics, I would say it's also fine. I would rather it have GGPO, but I would I would take the top four because I know that those work pretty damn well. Now, if it has Melty type type rollback, I'd be like, eh, Street Fighter, hey, oh please no. If it has Street Fighter, I'm gonna yo. If it has Street Fighter net code, y'all can hold that. Y'all all y'all free. Whoever talks to the gospel of Guilty Gear ST. Y'all are free. Hey, we're going to dump all day on your netcode. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I really hope to avoid. I mean, I really don't want Tekken netcode either, but like Street Fighter Five, that can't be a thing, man. Yo, man, we're going to be like, it got rollback. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, man, it can't have that rollback. And I don't like that the fact that they're, what, do they not know that these get, sometimes, Mac, I feel like, they live in a vacuum and they don't think other fighting games exist, bro. Like, I, I swear to you, like, they don't know that Skullgirls exist. They don't know that KI exists. They don't know the regular Gigi Pool. They don't even know what Cold Mystics is because it's like, why is there such a thing? Like, I've noticed this was like, this is what Street Fighter V did too. They made it, they made it in house. And then look at what came out. It's like, yo, there's already a, a pretty much a proven method around something. You should. Maybe use that, and then you could try something else on the side and see how you can do something different, like and make it your own instead of trying something completely new and it being a dime a dime flip over here, man. It is a bummer when you see like the amount of success online wise, like game like TFH can have with GGPO, mm -hmm. 
and and Street Fighter V has such a larger budget. And I know, like, you know, even with a larger budget, they have more moving parts compared to an indie game. So it is tough. But uh, to just not get the online right after, what is it, six years? No, not six years. When did Street Fighter V come out? 2016? So five yeah. years. Yeah. We're almost, we're close to five years of this game, and it's still, it hasn't gotten the online right. And it's... Uh, and think about it. Tekken said they they got the online better. Look at how much. I mean, it's better, but it's still like a D to a C. You know, it's passable, but it's it's basically like they'll put in these like rollbacks, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, rollback is very hard. You don't. It's super hard." I'm like, "Damn, son, Street Fighter Five said it was hard, and then some random ass dude was like, "Yeah, let me just do something right quick." yogi and then he figures figures it out and then he's like boom i made it better and then they're like no we can't take that and it's been worse since yeah man send him the c and d man jesus christ <laughs> yeah it's terrible like it's so what if somebody comes back for good year strive and figures figures out the netcode and they're gonna be like nah hell no nah, hell no nah. it's our game son we only we can fix it it doesn't matter <laughs> we're gonna be the ones to break it and we'll be the ones to fix it that's what capcom said <laughs> yeah except it remained broken for the entirety of its yeah, life yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so that's all for the news for this week now we got fighting game topic of the week i didn't see anything super interesting that i was just like oh that should be topic of the week in the news so i i kind of made up my own thing and we already sort of spoke about this in previous episodes but i wanted to go over these things a little more in depthly with you i'm calling this comparing fighting game skills so in order to be proficient in any fighting game you need to have a particular set of skills however i found personally that certain skills are more emphasized depending on the games that i play as opposed to others so i wanted to list some skills here that i personally found that i've honed while playing these fighting games and then perhaps maybe we can rank these skills and find which game do we believe the skill is best applied in. So we'll go through the skills and I'll ask you where did you personally learn this skill if you have this fighting game skill. And then we'll mm -hmm. go over which game do you think it's best suited for or like best maximized potential in. So the first skill here is intermediate to difficult execution. I would say personally where I learned this skill is with KOF games because... The King of Fighters, they have the execution barrier, I think, is a little difficult for me coming from games like Tekken, which are really easy to execute with. Games like Persona, anime fighters that have things like auto combos and those help you get started. So when you start with like KOF 13, you're like, damn, this is not easy at all. So intermediate to difficult execution, I would say I best honed it with KOF games, specifically 13. Have you experienced like having to do more difficult execution? Maybe somewhere I'd say I'm I'm like a kind of like a guy in the middle. I don't like there's seldom there's been times where I actually get a game where I play a character that's super hard to play. And depending on the, the game, if I stick with it, then I play it. I guess I I say like I guess for like a hard a hard kind of character, I think I learned some pretty good execution was is as i think it's kind of like maybe i'd say uh, since i play a big part of my time i play schoolgirls but i think a, a like a weird amount of execution i actually learned from was uh guilty gear uh rev 2 and it was using may and it was mostly because she has a lot of obtuse type of stuff you won't really get anywhere and probably now you'll never get it anymore the new uh guilty gear mm -hmm. i learned a lot of how to do a lot of charge motion cancel type things her because she has like a full 
set. So she'll have like charge motions and quarter circles or like, yeah, I think quarter circles and half circles. And like even all those weird ones, like uh, four halves, like they went weird ass crap like that. So yeah, uh, yeah I think I, I, I sit somewhere in the middle though, because KOF has some, a lot more, like those trials, man, those KOF 13 trials, God damn, man. Yeah, that's... <laughs> They got quarter circles all over the place. Half circle, quarter circle, full 360. Got to do a quarter circle after it. Like, I don't got that kind of execution, though. That's for sure, man. I don't I don't really touch those kind of games, so I can't say I developed that kind of execution. But it would be cool. I like, I like that kind of execution here and then. But it's just time-consuming. That's the problem with a lot of these execution barriers. It's just kind of time-consuming in the end. Yeah. I personally think this, this skill is best applied to the King of Fighters games. I think... Mm-hmm. A lot of characters have, like you just mentioned, like, you know, it'll be like quarter circle forward, half circle back in certain combos and stuff. Yeah, you'll get a lot uh, out of King of Fire. I wish I could say one of the 3D games gave me some pretty good execution, but not at all. They're like, 3D games are not like even like, well, I'd say at least Tekken isn't very, I don't, I can't speak for any of the others, but it's not very hard execution wise. It's so like boring, actually. The combos aren't fun for me, which is like the part that actually messes me up with Tekken. All right, the, uh, the next skill is Whiff Punishing and Footsies. So I personally learned this skill. You just mentioned it. I learned it with Tekken, to be honest. Like Whiff Punishing and and Spacing or Footsies, whatever you want to call it. I, I learned the skill with Tekken because I wasn't a big Street Fighter guy. But I will say, even though I best honed the skill playing Tekken, where I think it's best applied would be Street Fighter, like a Street Fighter game. Mm-hmm. As far as like what I value in importance, if you like, if you want to, win in the specific game and this is the skill you need i i as as good as whiff punishing and footsies are in tekken i think you sometimes you can get away from having that be your game plan versus mm-hmm. street fighter like street fighter i think you need that a lot more to be able to win at higher levels with tekken sometimes you can get away with getting a launch and then oki <laughs> compared to uh mm-hmm playing footsies so i would say i learned this in tekken but i think it's best applied in tree fighter dude i and i would even say at higher levels tekken and people in tekken don't be like pressing no buttons so like like it gets so much harder i'd even i'd agree too man i'd say the same thing for me i actually like when i first started playing i learned a lot more about how important footsies and whiff punishing is playing street fighter 5 as odd as that is and it helped me in Skullgirls because now i'm like five for five whenever i just dash underneath somebody and i and i clock the ass when they jump or something like that because nobody ever expects it but yeah man it's uh it's very important i would say in uh street oh my god someone in their car man jesus christ but yeah it's very important yeah man (laughs) but it's very important in street fighter and tekken is really good but it really feels like in tekken especially with sometimes with punishing is just not like it's not easy Sometimes people are just not pressing anything. And then sometimes on the other end, you have people pressing everything. And then for some reason, their button beats your crap. So it's like, why did I even bother? And then you get blown up with a counter punish and lose 60% of your health. So that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, Tekken has neutral blocking, which is it's a little harder to play in footsies because yeah. mm-hmm. somebody could just be jabbing and tapping back and he's blocking mid already. So a little less accountability, I would say. But still, like it's a valuable skill that I learned with that game that I translated mm-hmm. over to Street Fighter. Super useful skill, man. I, I like it can get you real far, and, but it just is not prevalent in fast games. Like you're not out here with punishing stuff in fast games. You're 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 reading, man. Like so mm-hmm. you're going for reads, man. Yeah. Speaking of fast games, the next skill is meter management. You already know what I'm gonna say. So meter management, the way where I learned it is anime games. I'll specifically say 
Arxis games because the way they supply meter and, and make put the emphasis on using it. Persona 4 Arena was where I really learned how to use my meter for cancels, for defensive options, for supers, obviously, for EX moves. Yeah, meter management was huge in Persona. That's where I learned to uh, to hone that skill. And also, it's it's where I think the that skill is best applied. So I would say Arxis games for both. That's where I learned, and that's where I think it's it's best applied in. Dude, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Arc system, definitely, because they have so many ways of of using meter. So, like, compared to, like, uh, Street Fighter, meter sometimes just has kind of, like, one kind of use. But, it, like, for instance, Guilty Gear is another big component of how I learned about, like, meter management because you have uh, you have the Force, uh, force is it Force FDs or whatever? I forget what it's called, but... You have the FDs, you have bursts, which is like kind of like another kind of form of meter in a way. You have uh, using supers, YRCs, all that kind of crap. So you have like so much utility when it comes to like yeah. using meter and knowing how to use it. Dead angles, all that. Yeah, man. So much, so much stuff, man. The next one is spatial awareness. So spatial awareness, uh, it can be substituted for footsies, but I will say spatial awareness, what I mean by it is you know exactly where you are to your opponent on screen. So for example, this I learned this through Tekken. Like I always know, or I have a hunch where things are around me. So I know there's a balcony break on the left. I know how close I am to the wall. I know what moves can hit me as far as like how far far away are you are from me. And I'm always keeping tabs on things around me. And that's something I found that I learned more in 3D games compared to 2D games. Like I'm not so concerned with the corner in 2d games as i am with the wall in 3d games like being with your back against a balcony break is a lot scarier to me than being in the corner and having to maybe to be forced to block so i would say spatial awareness i learned that in 3d games and i kind of translated it over to 2d games but i would say i think it's most important or rather i learned it in tekken specifically and i think it's probably best also applied in tekken as well i'm gonna hit you with uh i, sp- I learned spatial awareness i thought of like definitely from smash bros <laughs> gotta make sure i don't fall off the stage man you know i ain't trying to trip but oh, yeah. uh, uh yeah <laughs> But no, for real, I, I would say similar, yeah, man. Because, like, in 2D, it's, like, all you have to worry about is, like, the corner and mid-screen. That's really it. Like, and, like, a lot of times people got combos that take you to the corner from the mid-screen. So, mm-hmm. like, it's it's not that, like, prevalent. You don't have to pay too much attention. All you got to do is you're in the ground, you're in the air. You're in the corner, you're in the middle. That's that's really, in Tekken, it's really, like, you have that whole, like, third dimension. So you can sidestep left, you can sidestep right. If you sidestep left, it might get you out of the wall so you can get out of the wall, but then you're in a position to get counter hit. So you have to be very careful with how you sidestep. And if you're too close to the wall, you got a balcony break. And then and, and then even then you have like floor breaks, which is even, I, I don't like them personally. You just, they just, okay, bam, you get more damage because you whacked my ass so hard, the floor broke on me. <laughs> so, so you have so much little things you got to kind of remember and positioning is pretty important. Like, I bet there's people, like, I never thought too much about it, but I bet there's people that move with the intention to make you chase them so that they can put themselves in an unfavorable position. I oh, bet for there's sure. people that play like that in Tekken. I never played like that. I just kind of move around, try to, like, you know, move around. But I know there's people that definitely, they got, like, because like I feel like if, and especially in 7, man, like, there's, like, it could be, like, it could be, or Tekken in general, really, it could be, like, really deep and, and, and pensive when you're playing that kind of game because there's just movement is such a big part of it. That's what I like about Tekken, but 
yeah, that's that's really really dope in the case of uh, Tekken and and when it comes to the movement, utilize and knowing how to not put yourself in a bad spot when you're moving around. Because for me, when I play that game, I just don't care, man. I put myself in the worst spots. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I back myself into the wall, man. What the hell am I doing? I just wanted a career backdash to look like I know something. Right. I will say, like you touched on it, people do do that as a strategy. Is what they'll do is yeah. in Tekken you can back yourself into a wall and then certain characters have command grabs that will change position on break. Oh yeah, that's so true, yeah, man. So they will grab you and even if you break it, now your back is against the wall because you Ooh. reverse position. It's super and smart that, to do. Yeah, that's actually really smart. Like, Because like it, the only way that you could have won that situation is if you would have just popped them from the get-go. But yeah, you're right, man. That's, that's really smart too. Uh, two more here. You're going to love this one because I know you, <laughs> you probably have no game for this one. It's frame data usage. <laughs> so frame data usage, I learned a little bit, not too advanced, but I learned frame data usage again from playing Tekken because certain moves, they're, you have to know what's like negative 14 and negative 13 to be able to get the optimized punished. That's when you get to a level of like, let me see how much damage I can get off of this particular situation. So I use a little bit of frame data just to know exactly what I can use because I already know my 13 frame Punisher. So now I have to figure out what's 13 frames and I'll apply that to whatever character I'm playing against. So I have, I will say I, I use a little bit of frame data in Tekken. I apply it best in Tekken. I don't know if it's best applied in Tekken. Maybe it's better in Street Fighter or some other game. I don't think it's good. I know one thing. I don't think it's great in anime games. I think it's, I think it's better. It's better in 3D games, and it's probably better in traditional 2D games. But anime games, I think you can throw that out the window. I'm not going out here and be like, yo, that's negative five. I don't give a damn, man. I'm not done with my Gatlin. You, you, <laughs> you still have to hold like 10 more buttons. Dude, there's so many times. So like, so for instance, in Skullgirls, Parasol, every button Parasol has on the ground is negative except for one button. Don't mean she don't press 10,000 buttons in front of your ass. So like, like you're not gonna press nothing in between those buttons for whatever reason. Whenever I think of that, I'm like, dude, everything is negative on this chick. How does she, like, you know, how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So like, it's 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 not the case. So I will say, so contrary to belief, I was a big frame data nerd. Oh, I really enjoyed frame data in Street Fighter Five. Like I really, really enjoy. It's super fun for some weird reason, because frame data in Street Fighter Five is super helpful. Like it's super, super helpful because it no, it tells you when you can jab between strings, when you can DP, when you could like interrupt people. It's super, super, it's super, super good because like it, there's no like Gatlings as opposed to like in Guilty Gear, you could go through all these buttons and then the person just has to block. It's more like you press like oh crouch and light punch. Okay, crouching medium punch. Oh, he's plus there. Can't press none button, no button. So let me just hold it for a second. And then I can kind of do what I want to do. And I like, that's why I really, really like Street Fighter. And I wish that Street Fighter Five was good because Street Fighter is like, it really gets, it's like anime games could be, it's like looking at things at like a macroeconomical level. And then Street Fighter is looking at things at a microeconomical level. And in that sense, I would say it's harder at the microeconomical level because you have to pay attention to so much small and minute details that you wouldn't have paid attention to before. Hmm. I really like that about Street Fighter when I first played it, especially since I was coming from a Skullgirls and a Persona background. Because we don't we don't care about frame data, bro. Like, come on, man. That's not that's that's whack. You know, frame data. Now when I hit you, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, goes yeah. right out the window. So it really helped me when I started learning about frame data in Street Fighter. 
And I realized that that's a normal thing for people to do. Like, that's negative. Don't press no buttons. That's positive. Don't press buttons. That's like zero. So you got to kind of gamble on it. And I was like, ah, okay, okay. And I started learning more. And it really, really helped me get further because it made me think about like that in in like uh, anime games and fighting games. Because when you can think about that in anime and fighting games and you have that idea, you can use it really well. Like you can Mm -hmm. run really far. It's the reason why it's so hard. I mean, we touched about we touched on this a couple weeks ago on, with a question. The the reason why it's so hard to use frame data in some anime games is because you have too many tools that manipulate frame data. Instant blocking or push blocking or you know if if they have a, a shield of some sort, all all the numbers change constantly. So you can't get like it's not like blocking a sweep in Street Fighter. That number will always stay the same. Yeah, exactly. In anime games, it's just it's there's too many things that change the numbers, so you don't really have the corresponding response using the math because the the numbers they keep going up, they going down depending on how you blocked it, if you use the you know a shield. So yeah, you just kind of have to react to things rather than know okay that's negative two, this is my punish. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's that's a big. I, but I mean, so I know this is a bit odd too, man, but. I really want to play a game like that again, man. I like the small, minute stuff too, man. It's pretty fun. I feel like a nerd, but it's real fun playing those kind of games. Like, I wish Street Fighter was good, like, for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see, I just turned this into that. Because I really do enjoy, I enjoyed it a lot because I'd have, like, I was in the character Discord, man, and we would talk, we would talk lengthy about discussions about frame data. And it was actually pretty fun having those conversations. But you don't have those conversations that much in like Scroll Girls or Persona because they usually just talk about general game plans, but not like buttons and stuff like that. And they get real specific with it. So I like that a lot when I was playing Street Fighter. But man, I, I hope the next one is real good. Man. <laughs> That's all of it. But go ahead, next one, man. Uh, the last one here is Tekken Throws. So Tekken Throws, I learned in Tekken because of the fact that old school Tekken, not Tekken 7, you actually had to learn which hand you're getting thrown with. And then whether it's a two throw or one throw, if it's a command grab, it's one plus two. So you actually have to pay attention to teching throws in Tekken or breaking throws. That's what they say in Tekken, not teching. But uh, that's where I learned that skill. But I will say, man, throws, they are such a huge part of playing Street Fighter because it seems to me every time you land in any sort of neutral situation, it's always a throw. And I I think that's true for Street Fighter Third Strike. It's true for Street Fighter Four, Street Fighter Five. Anytime you're in any sort of weird neutral situation where there was either like a clash, a trade, or like a safe jump of some sort, it's always throw. And (laughs) Street Fighter players, I'm sorry, but Street Fighter players mash on throw. They always mash on throw. No, nobody likes blocking throws. It's weird too because it's like I'd always rather take the throw because uh, throw is the same damage. It's not very high. It's just that throw. Like I think what the throw does is is, it's like mental damage is what it really does. Mm -hmm. It jacks you up because then you're like, oh, I can't be comfortable. I can't be down backing because he's going to throw me. So I have to do something. You know what I'm saying? Instead of taking the throw. Because if you take the throw, it like it's still you're still in the same spot. You know what I mean? It doesn't really put you at too much of an advantage. Like, uh, like, I'd even say, like, in Skullgirls, you could take a throw, but it only puts you at a plus one advantage. But that don't mean crap in Skullgirls. So, like, like it's like, oh, why don't I just mash instead of taking a throw? It's almost like ingrained in him. Like, anytime I'm in I'm in a weird neutral spot, it's uh, it's throw. So, 
I will say if you're if you're gonna learn how to tech throws, do it in Street Fighter because you're gonna get thrown a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh man, it was worse in Street Fighter season one because there was throw loops. So you have people that can throw you and they were me. So they could like keep throwing you. Like Ryu, he had throw loops, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many characters had throw loops. And so like I'd say the same thing, man. Yeah, Street Fighter is great to teach you the tech throws because like we said earlier in the in the fast games like the anime ones you're not gonna see those throws usually i i would say that like what i like is how persona does throws because mm -hmm. in persona you see it like an exclamation point same thing with uh Neil. so you see an exclamation point and it gives you enough time to take a throw and O'Neill has like a second like layer of throwing like the gold throw you could, yeah the gold throw so like i i like how those games do throws really well because they make it more like it's another tool, but it's something you can kind of combat against. But in some games, it's like, no, you're not like you got to read. You got to go for a hard ass read. And sometimes it's just not worth it because if it doesn't work out, you get a counter hit punish. Yeah, it is. It's a huge, huge part of that game. And it is uh, for, like coming from Tekken and coming from uh, anime games. For me, playing Street Fighter, sometimes I forget about that because, listen, throws are important in Tekken, but they're not exactly the meta. And, and and Persona, like, they're really not used unless for a couple situations here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like uh, creating uh, pressure is so much more reliable than throwing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, in second, you have the situation where, like, people can just duck throws and yep. pretty much whack your ass for it. And then you get a counter punish. So it's like, why throw? Like, I, I remember I seen uh, people talk about, like, why don't you start throwing? It's like, no, that's... Like, I never throw in, in, in Tekken, man. Even though, like, Master Raven has, like, a uh, a command throw, I just, like, never use it. And I'm like, I don't really, like, you don't really need it because, like, if I use the throw, it kind of just takes away what I can do normally. Yeah, she can use command grab off of the uh, the back, back turn, turn yeah. right? Yeah, that's yep. sick. I, I never use that crap, too. I'm like, <laughs> why do that when I can keep pressing buttons on your ass? <laughs> Hell, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I apply all these different skills differently in different games, and I attribute where I learned them in different games as well. So it was a fun little exercise to do. Mm -hmm. Now for the non-fighting game topic of the week. I don't have anything, but I wrote here, JRPG players are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like that Wii picture in the, in the, in the Discord, man. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, okay, so the, the reason why I wrote that is because, man, you guys are nerds. So I scrolled up. <laughs> I scrolled up game sales, the tab, Yo, and Discord. Yeah, that was my bad. I didn't even notice. I got so into it. I was like, oh, damn, you're right. I'm in game sales. <laughs> I went to go look up game sales, and I forgot that you guys you guys had a nerdy, an hour-long conversation there on JRPGs. Oh, and I, just to see if there's any sales, I'm like, oh, my God, look at all this. <laughs> so. Yo, you're right. I started talking about, man, we started talking about some games. Yo, I'm not going to lie, but, like, it's because, like, I, I, I mentioned it to Org, but, man, when I was a kid, man, and this is exactly how it went down, man. If I was talking about JRPGs, they'd be like, man, that's gay, man. Go play some COD with us, man. I'm like, man, I don't want to play COD. I had a friend, and he was like, man, we always play those gay-ass games, man. It's exactly how he said to me. And I'd be like, I don't want to play those games. And then he made me play COD, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is fun for, like, 10 minutes and then i got bored <laughs> yeah. so I, I really don't like those kind of games i i grew up not being able to talk about how i love kingdom hearts and all this kind of stuff so now i'm like oh i can do it now it's almost like the same thing with like anime i really didn't go around talking to people about anime till i met my best friends but that wasn't something i talked to people about at all mm. man I was like, nah, that's you keep that to yourself man you right. keep it in the closet and you never open it <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was for me man 
you got to wait until somebody gives you the weep signal and you're like, Hey, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they pull out the signal, then it's like, all right, we can talk about it. But yeah. it's still like a 50, 50. He might be trying to, trying to bait trick you. you. <laughs> yeah, he might be trying to bait you. And then you're like looking stupid. Oh, like man. I thought you liked it. I, I had a friend that did that to me, man. It wasn't, it wasn't weeds, but it was SpongeBob, man. He was like, he's a fake friend, man. This is how I knew life was in what it was cracked up to be, man. I was like, you <laughs> know, I was like in fourth grade, right? And this dude was like, oh, fourth or third or something like that. And he, and he was like, this dude, uh, I don't even care. I'll name drop his ass too. His name was a uh, was a Calvin. And I was like, yeah, Calvin. And like he he always loved talking to me about Pokemon and um and SpongeBob. And then one day, like there was these two bullies, man. This guy's name was Jesus and Daniel. Jesus, man, he was the this guy's name was Jesus, bruh. And he was the bully. That's how that goes, man. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, man. Him and this other dude, and they would like. It's like, man, don't play no games. And he cursing and call it like he he he's he'd be mean. And then he'd be like, nobody play no stupid ass SpongeBob. And then as soon as he did that, my friend Kyle was like, oh yeah, nah, I don't really play that. And I was like, what? We were just talking about SpongeBob. How you gonna do me like that, man? Damn. Like, fake man i had a lot of fake friends growing up man when I well was i mean when you're in fourth grade do you really know who you are <laughs> all right man at least i knew what was fake and what was real though i'll tell there you, you go, yeah Cause like my, my, yeah man because like i had a i had a neighbor and he was like my best friend and we hung out all the time we, we would come together we played playstation we had this game called it was a power rangers game we'd come together and we play stuff all the time but whenever i went to school with, and those dudes were there they were like nah they're like, nah, that's stupid. SpongeBob. Ugh. It was like this big thing hating SpongeBob, and, and it was it was like it was gay to enjoy SpongeBob, man. Why though? Like, SpongeBob what? is godlike. Yeah, man. The whole school liked it, but nope, not not when they when they talked about it. When Calvin heard that, he was like, nah, I don't like that either. I was like, this bastard. Damn you, Calvin. Yeah, man. I remember one time I actually like <laughs> so, so like it's another little thing, man. He he pissed me off one day, man, and I and I and I and I punched him in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I punched him on the mouth, and then like afterwards, he made me really angry. He said something to me, and he pissed me off. And so I punched him out, and he's like, "Man, these teeth aren't even real." And then, like when I punched him in the mouth, like I felt bad, and I was like, "You want any of my Lunchables pizza?" (laughs) (laughs) I offered him some of my Lunchables pizza because I felt bad because I hit him in the mouth, man. After that, I didn't. I I tried not to be his friend. I didn't really have much friends when I was a kid, man. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he pissed me off, man. Did he eat the pizza? Ah, he said he didn't want my pizza, which made me angry. I wanted to punch him again after that, man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, good times. No, it's 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 funny. Uh, that the only reason I wrote that there is because I was going up through game sales. But uh, yeah, you guys are do have a lot of uh, conversations. Sometimes I'll go into like the general gaming tab, and I'll be like, it's just you and Org over there nerding out about. Yeah, Japanese. man. I appreciate I appreciate Or because I'm like, oh yeah, he talks about the stuff I like too. Like he's like, oh, he's so into the, the East Games. Yeah, because like I really didn't have much people, and I still kind of don't like outside of online that really play JRPGs like that. Like I have a good friend that's like his name is like Chow, and he does like strategy guides and stuff like that, and he's really into the stuff. But then like I don't really have like much people that's too into it. Like they play it here and there, but they know like oh they play Persona. Or they play like the pretty big ones or like Final Fantasy, but I don't have too much friends that be like, oh yeah, man, I love me some Dragon Quest. And, you know, like I even managed to get my girlfriend to play Dragon Quest and she really liked the recent one, which was really cool. So she even beat it. She beat it before me too. So (laughs) yeah, man. So like, it's really cool for me to have uh, people that enjoy the 
the stuff because there's so much people I can find to play fighting games with, but not many people I gotta like I gotta find to play like JRPGs. And stuff yeah, like he's he's big on JRPGs. He's uh, yeah, and he does it on purpose. He knows the rules, and he he <laughs> he's <didn't, he> <laughs> CC or. Org is my, he's my arch nemesis in that discord. So All right. no excuses for him. <laughs> yeah. I would also <laughs> say too, like, it's like the thing about the, the, the fan base of uh, JRPGs is that I will say they're pretty, like, uh, pretty into their games, man. That's one of the things, like, we really do like our games and that's what I like. Yeah. You guys are going for hours in there. I'm like, damn. Yeah, man. We, you spend so much time playing them that you get kind of so attached to them, you know? Right. No, I feel that. Listen, I was shilling Omori for like three straight weeks when I played it. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to get it, man. I'll get it soon, though. Yeah. We'll get it soon. All right. Uh, we got some game sales here. Only a few on PlayStation 4, nothing on Xbox, nothing on Steam, and nothing on Switch. Actually, there are some stuff on Xbox, but I wasn't going to be able to edit this podcast fast enough. So you guys are going to have to stay free for now. On PlayStation... The sale is, it ends on February 4th, 2021. You get Dragon Ball Fighters for $8.99, Street Fighter V, $7.99, and Garu Mark of the Wolves, $3.74. And that specific sale ends on February 11th, 2021. That's all there is. If you're going to get any of those games, get Garu. That game's fun. Yeah, it is. And man, I swear, DBFZ is always on a sale, man. Like, what is that game right now? I don't know. Why did they take it off sale? That should be the question. I know, right? They might as well just make that the like the price of the game, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're gonna put it on sale for God, so many goddamn times. They might as well just make that the price. Yeah. All right. Listener questions. Zio on Patreon asks, "I've been thinking, how is it that SNK games, despite sometimes dropping the ball on visual quality, an example, Maximum Impact and 14, always seem to play great?" Then he has another question, but we'll answer the first one first. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's where their budget goes, right? To the gameplay and not to the visuals. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the same thing, man. Because they really don't have the visual level, man. Like they don't have that great. These games look great, and it's more like I feel like they focus so hard on the gameplay. Maybe that's where they got the idea of all those like hard levels of difficult execution and stuff like that. Since they put such an emphasis on the gameplay. You said this a couple weeks ago, and I think it it describes SNK the best. And it also, it aligns with his examples here. You said SNK really hasn't found a good identity for 3D models for their characters. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, and to be honest, 15, I think it looks pretty good. I don't know if that should be their identity for 3D models. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I think that's one thing. He is right. You can always count on SNK gameplay to be pretty damn good. So Yeah, man. Seriously. That's why I like... Uh, yeah, I definitely know. Like, they, they make really good games. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, I don't think they, like, yeah, they're really great at making fighting games, man. They just have the problem of, like, um, presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, Zio had another question on Patreon. He asks, also, why does Nitro Blasters Plus or whatever rock so hard, but has the worst netcode ever created? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, uh, I played that game for... Like, I played it in a local. I was having mad fun with Saber, man. She's really freaking fun. But then it's like, yo, that netcode is bad. It's like Kasoge game style, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's got that, like, that taste, that feel. I could taste it. <laughs> Ugh. I'm pretty sure I own that game, but I've never played it once. Oh, man. See, that's what I'm saying. It's got that Kasoge taste, man. You didn't yeah. even try it out, dude. Yeah, I think I got it on sale on like one of the summer sales, and I was I never yeah. went to it. Now. Yeah, man, it, it even got uh this character. I don't know, you probably heard of her, Saya. I don't know if you heard about that character, but like, so like her. I'll tell you right quick though. 
the story is so weird. It's so Jap. You know, Japanese when it's something like this, though. Like her story is that Saya is actually like this disgusting-looking, freakish uh, monster that looks like a bunch of organs and like blood and all this stuff. But like the main character sees a little little girl, and everything else looks like hell, basically. Oh God. Yeah. So like, <laughs> right? So like, so when they see Saya, he sees this little girl. Everything else in the world, like even people, just starts looking like hell, like mutant species like not even mutant species like organs like blood and, and guts and all that type of stuff but but for some reason he sees Saya as a little girl like a cute little girl but then like Saya is actually like this disgusting monster <laughs> gross yeah <laughs> weeb games man no straight japanese man you can't, you can't get nothing <laughs> with that no all right little joe potfox on youtube asks do you guys have any experience with toxic salty or scrub lord type players of the likes like LTG or DSP or any players that had you think, man, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> also, you mentioned the possibility of going to jail for simple trash talking is possibly the most scrub quote worthy thing ever made. That's uh, that's, that's the joke we were talking about um, the FGCOC a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, have you ever experienced somebody super salty playing them? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, kind of playing Skullgirls. I had somebody say some stuff like that, but... It's not like it's, I have never had it where like the dude is just talking to me like over and over, but I've definitely had it where the person is like, "Why you play this way? Why you don't let me do this? Why you don't let me do that?" And I'm like, "Well, fam, that's the game." Mm-hmm. But I've never had too much of it where it's like super, super bad. I had a friend get too salty too many times we played, that's for sure, but nothing like, "Oh hell no, I'm gonna call you this and that." But I have I have some playstation messages of people talking smack about me it's like you're a tryhard you play too much i'm like well man you know that's how i be <laughs> yeah i i don't think i've ever I've, I've gotten my xbox live messages before of people being salty not ltg or dsp level but you know mm-hmm. salty but uh i got a funny story for this one so uh, i maybe i already told this on the podcast i don't know but in case i did i apologize back in the day when I think I, I was in college, and the first year of college, I, I moved over with my dad, and uh, he had a Wii in the in the uh, living room, and he, there was two games on the Wii. There was Wii Sports, and then there was Tiger Woods Golf, like 2012 or something like that. You know, we playing Wii Sports. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to play a little bit of Wii Sports, but he loved he loved the Tiger Tiger Woods Golf game, right? Yeah. So. But my dad is also really competitive. And mm-hmm. so I remember one time we're playing and uh, you can make your own character in that game. So he made his own character and I made my own character and we're playing. It was it was a good game. And then I was just like, man, this is actually kind of fun playing golf with the Wiimote and it's realistic. Mm-hmm. So I played offline and I did all these uh, opens, right? And I'm playing golf and I got my stats and it's basically an RPG. So I got like max strength and max drive and max this because i play i was grinding (laughs) yeah so and it is kind of cheating but whatever anyway i played my dad one session and he saw this like i'm driving 400 yards i can putt from whatever and i was like i'm op right (laughs) i'm playing top two and dude my dad got so pissed that he threw the (laughs) remote he threw the remote (laughs) and he almost shattered it he threw it at the couch like but like at the bottom part of the couch and uh, he was so mad because he was losing to me because he was like, this is unfair. He he experienced right. what it is to play bottom tier. 
<laughs> yo, yo, my man was like, "You're not. You could go. You could go somewhere else. Go to the homeless shelter because I ain't having your ass at home no more." <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Anyway, ever since then, we uh, we made him. Me and my stepmom, when we played, he was like, uh, when we started playing, he was like, "Do you have the wrist controller attached to your wrist? The little band?" <laughs> so he went through the controller oh, again. Oh yeah, that's why they say that. So you don't toss it. <laughs> And I remember one time he tried to throw the controller because he was mad and it was attached to his wrist. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> they they do that every time you you turn on your Wii. It says it like every time you turn on the game, it'd be like, make sure to use the wrist wrap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did cheat, though. It's kind of like using tool assisted. <laughs> right. I, I was grinding. That's funny, though. All right. The last user. <laughs> I like that I can say that. <laughs> I love how you responded to it. It's like, finally, gosh. Yeah. I want to get my name right. Yeah. So finally, we know his name and I don't have to butcher it. So the last user on YouTube asks, why is it so hard to try to teach new players how to play? I asked this because while we were listening, we remembered a friend of both that was trying to get into Skullgirls, but the guy just watched combo videos before even picking a character. How do you overcome the barrier of I don't want to test it because it's scary or I just want to get these combos and nothing else? That's interesting. I don't think I've ever, before playing a game, I don't think I've ever went online to look up combo videos. I normally just mess around. Yeah, that's usually what I do. And then I look up combo videos. That man probably saw pain wheel combos, bro. Like, if he saw <laughs> pain wheel combos, don't worry. They're hard for everybody. It's just all, it's so much like you got to be fast. That's really it with pinwheel combos. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it depends on the person. I don't know if it's super hard teaching new players how to play. It also depends on the motivation of the new player. Do you want to have fun? Yeah. Do you want to get really good? Do you want to just mess around? I'm, I'm pretty good at teaching people that stuff. Though. I have like no trouble. It's like, I would say it's really easy for me to teach somebody something. Cause like, I remember I taught like, I've taught plenty of people. Like I've even taught people like uh, Smash Bros stuff. I was like, this is how, I, but I'm so basic with it. Like, one way to do it is like, you got to kind of teach people pretty lower, basic type of level. Like, show them the game, show them a character, like, show them the characters. You can talk to them about the characters if you want, but just, just be like, what character looks the coolest? You know what I'm saying? That might help them because they're a beginner. They don't know about what characters do. You show them what the, the, the character does, show them how it looks, then you show them what it does, and you can kind of teach them little things about that type of stuff. Because I remember I taught like a person that was new. Like Smash Bros, and I taught her some stuff, and she was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I get it." And I was like, "Yeah, see, and, and there you go." And then I like whenever I show them something, I try to make them do it too, so that that way they see what it looks like and they know what it looks like. That way, it's a good mimic type of thing. It's like, okay, you want to do this and you want to do that, and then just how you do. Like I remember I taught my girlfriend how to do like the DP and then the quarter circle type of thing, and she was like on the pad, so it was easier that way. Mm -hmm. She learned how to do that stuff, so I don't think it's that hard. It, I, I think that like. It is also motivation as motivation is pretty important because you can't really teach anybody somebody you can't teach no, something nobody want to know or you can't teach somebody that doesn't want to know correction yeah but if you're a good teacher you can kind of overcome that problem easily if the person has like even the slightest bit of interest mm -hmm. you can lead a horse to water right can't make him drink yeah exactly yeah motherfucker won't drink at all man <laughs> <laughs> and the barrier really is like it's I, I wouldn't like they usually what happens is that people kind of like they, they like just kind of saturate themselves with so much information like they're just indulging way too much info in the beginning when in reality you just got to kind of put it down and take them to the ground level and be like this is how you kind of started don't look at all that just look at this and that's how you kind of want to show them because it definitely is the case depending on what game because so many people i know they'll be like man i wish i could play it's like people when they talk about instruments and people that know instruments 
I wish I could play an instrument. It's like, well, you can. You just have to start from the very, very beginning so you can get to it. Um, but it's like for fighting games, it's like, I wish I knew how to play that game. It's like, yeah, well, you can. You just got to kind of like start at the beginning, pick a character, play the character a little bit, figure it out. But you got to kind of start small before you get big. And what happens is a lot of people, they like, they look at way too much. Like sometimes the problem is that people look at high ass level play thinking they're going to amount to that. I'm like, yo, you may not get to that level. There's like a small percentage of people that even get to that level. And when they do, you realize that they spent thousands of hours getting to that level. So like it took years. Yeah. Let's do, um, since we're kind of going a little bit over, I'll tell you what, I'll let you pick the last question and we'll roll back the rest. So All right, sure. four through 10, yes. you can, you can pick which question you want to answer. Just don't pick Scruffy's question because it's a troll question. <laughs> Unless you really want to answer it. No, 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 no. But it's funny. It's funny. Mm. Mm. You got our tournament winner over there, Pagan. You got yeah. your your boy Oblivious. Oh you yeah, got- you know what? Let's honor Pagan. Yeah, yeah. Let's give him. Let's give, I was gonna like. I, I didn't want to be a, a person that's like, oh man, let me do baby. Let me get, let me give my friend like, nah. Let's do a tournament winner, the keeper of souls, the reaper of lives, uh, Pagan. <laughs> All right. All right, Pagan on Discord asks, what's your top three character select screens in fighting games? You can factor in UI, the music, the character portrait art, the visual clarity, ease of use, and anything else that makes it appealing to you. I don't have three, but I can say one off the top of my head that I really like is Tekken Revolution. Oh, yeah. Tekken Revolution had like uh, panels instead of like the hive, like Guilty Gear, or just like just like the square blocks in most fighting games like Street Fighter or whatever. Tekken Revolution had panels, so you just flip through the panel, and those are the characters, and then they show up the portrait art. And uh, it was kind of cool. Like, if you ever had, like, a 360 uh, where you're scrolling through the panels, it was kind of like that. I kind of like that, yeah. I like yeah. that. And the music was pretty good. I like the music in Tekken Revolution, the character select screen. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, Tekken Revolution's character select screen. It's not fancy. It's not, like, super flashy. But uh, I just like the way the panels worked. So I want to say, say Third Strike. Be, but like in reality, the only thing that like I like about Third Strike is the music, so I don't use that one. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, select your character now. I'm like, oh damn, I think I want to select my character right now. Uh, and I do want to use MBCI. I mean, not MBCI. Whew, no way, that one's ugly. MBC two. It's the same kind of concept. It's it just it's like MBC two is like a Mugen game, man. It's just all this crap. And just like this, like it's just like a, a smorgasbord of characters, just like oh, oh look at your face. But I like the music. Um, so I guess I'll use one. I'll definitely, I definitely will use my basic ass Skullgirls one because I like that. In that one, you can pick the character. And when you pick the character, it shows the character in the little podium, like a pedestal. I mean, yeah. and I really like that. That's really cool. And man, now that I think about it, that is pretty hard. I use Skullgirls, but now that I look back at it, I'm like. So many UIs done the same thing Skullgirls does. I just like that the music plays and stuff like that. But man. Mortal Kombat has really good ones where they have their character entrances. Oh, okay. Yo, you're right. You're right. That one is dope, though, because they'd be like, they'd be like, Luke King, and then just does some random crap. That's pretty cool. And some think, of them uh, even talk shit to each other. Yeah, that's really freaking cool. I think uh, the other game does, the other NRS game does that definitely, too. I forgot Justice. what it was. Injustice, yeah, that one does it. So I, that's definitely really, really cool. That's some like Warner Bros. money right there. Mm-hmm. It'd be like Predator, and you pick Alien, like I'm gonna cook you. Yeah. 
I like uh, MKX where Cassie Cage blows the bubble gum in his face or who, who in, oh, in hey. her opponent's face. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take. I'll, I'll use one of those as one, but I don't think I. I don't think I have three. And now that I think about it, there isn't that many. That is too different compared to like oh the character and you pick the character and the characters there. So mm-hmm. damn, now I think that's kind of whack, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He put me in. The, he took my soul just now, man. My soul got took with that question. Damn, Pagan taking another one. I know, right? I ain't even playing, and he took it. I don't even <laughs> like anything anymore, bro. It's all garbage. It's all the same, man. Why do we play fighting games? <laughs> I don't. You know, that's the million dollar question. I right. and actually, before we get out of here, as has the question. I just want to answer this because you you brought this up. So as on Discord asks, uh, is the majority of the FGC just boomers yelling at each other? <laughs> <laughs> I will say I I do romanticize the past as far as like previous games. But uh, I was thinking about that to myself. Maybe I was talking to Broken or I was talking to somebody else. I was like, why do I keep playing fighting games? Because a lot of times they bring me so much sadness. <laughs> they, they really <laughs> do. <laughs> Profound sadness, just like Guy. And they disappoint me to no avail, and they they always come short, but I always go back to them. And I think the reason for that is because I have yet to find another form of gameplay or competition that has a concentration of skill, of just Mm -hmm. pure skill, other than fighting games. And I think that's what keeps pulling me in, right? Is just like, I love the fact that it's personal, and there's a lot of accountability and the the emphasis on personal skill. I have not found a substitute for that or something that can replace that. And even though I get screwed with a lot of things in this community, be it the games, the the people in the community, the tournaments, the netcode, there's a lot of bad things about it. But at the end of the day, when it comes to playing fighting games, is yes, I yell a lot. Yes, I don't like a lot of things. But uh, I can't imagine playing anything different. It's just, it's a dick. At this point, I'm institutionalized. Like, I'm, I'm in the cell forever. <laughs> You're in the cell, man, with the coat, man, the goddamn <laughs> straight jacket. Yeah, yep. man, I, I feel the same way because, like, it's, it's a pretty big, it's a community, too. So we have so many things to look forward to. Like, we look forward to a big major, but in reality, we get to have fun, hang out with some friends we don't really ever hang out with. We get to do, like, it's like people that really like conventions and stuff like that. It's really cool, and like, there's just so many factors to it that makes it enjoyable. But it's like, it sucks too, though, because there's just like some stuff just sucks ass in the fighting game stuff, like the games just in general, no net code, all this kind of crap. And yeah, it really do be putting you down, man. Like, I honestly like some days I just don't even want to touch them, draw. So I'm like, I'm gonna just play some JRPGs. But being able to really express yourself in the fighting games is really fun, and like, it's like one of the ways I can get competition and it'd be safe. Like, cause mm-hmm. I, I like competition. It's really fun. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's enjoyable and just really sucks that like things kind of ass. But you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, I mean, you gotta uh, take the the bad with the good. And listen, I'm sure other communities like shooters and JRPGs and all they all have the you know. I'm sure the glass isn't always full. Like it's always half empty. Um, it's just fighting games because we talk about them a lot uh we seem to to talk about a lot of the empty parts but uh you know there's a lot of good parts in fighting games Mm -hmm. it's just i would i think 2020 really put a huge concentration as far as the focus on the bad parts so it seems like it but no not really yeah and the lack of locals have been kind of like ass man i really like my locals man (laughs) yeah 
if we can get people offline and get them off Twitter, you'll see there's going to be less boomers yelling at each other. Yeah, yeah seriously, because then we got local, so you got something like. Hey man, I even I even played Smash Bros just because my friends could play and I could play with them. So like I said, yeah. we had fun and I, and I met people through that game. Mm-hmm. All righty, uh, we'll roll back the rest of the questions for next week just in case it's slow. But now to end the show, we got shout out of the week and we uh, I talked about it a li- little bit about this uh, at the beginning of the show. So congrats to Candle for winning TFH at Frosty Faustings thirteen after resetting the bracket and taking Grand Finals over Otter. I watched that whole set and uh, it's so nice to see like your main character win a tournament because it's like, yeah. uh, it's like pride. It's like a point of pride, especially that matchup sucks. I think for, oh, it was, for uh, Arizona. It was yeah. Against Oleander. Yeah. Oleander. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely uh, a hard matchup. Yeah. You can, so, only, you can only go ahead once you're in. Yeah. It's, I think it's kind of hard for Arizona, but she makes up for it with the damage and the pressure. Once she finally gets in, it's it's actually kind of similar to playing against Phonon and Akatsuki in Undernight, where if Akatsuki finally gets in, he'll get his he can get some work done, but it's it's the part of getting in is kind of hard. So uh, Arizona boys out here proud and uh, do that. That was a great set. At, at the end, we were talking about this in the beginning when he finishes that set into I think it was like four or five stomps, ground stomps in the corner, and if that if that had a crowd, you know for sure on every stop, it would have been like one, two, three, for sure. Yeah, man, that would have been dope, dude. Yeah, bro, people are starving for like <laughs> we're starving, we're starving. Because I'm over here like this is our hypest moment. Why didn't we have anything like this for like? I don't understand why they couldn't run anything the whole year, man. Like, like the whole year we didn't get any kind of major or anything like that, and like it was for games nobody wanted to watch online. So like. Man, that that it sucks that the TFH really just now is like, oh yeah, it's a good game. It's like, bro, come on, man, they, they deserve that last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least they got a little bit of a platform, so that was really nice to see. Uh, shout out to Candle. I, yeah, dude, did good, man. I, and I saw the bracket was, I mean, the tournament size was big too, man. There's there's people playing that game definitely. Man. Yeah, no, they they showed out, and uh, the netcode held up, and. Yeah, it was all around. It was looked like a really entertaining tournament. That that bracket reset was really fun. Also, the fact that I think it was before the bracket reset, there was a taunt from Oleander. Oh, now from, I have to see the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Otter taunted before the bracket reset, and then at the end, you saw when uh, the uh, when the candle won, he did the uh, the head bob <laughs> at the yeah, end. Man. So he taunted him back. That was really funny. A little sportsmanship. Man, Man, I miss seeing stuff like that. <laughs> Bro, I miss seeing that bull crap, man. It's like, oh yes. It's just not the same, man. Starving, brothers are starving, man. We we fiending, man. <laughs> yeah, we are. But uh yeah, uh Pringle, good luck tomorrow at Frosty. Hopefully you can beat some ass, get good for in the, farther in the tournament. Yeah, man. I hope I don't own two, man. That's my yeah. only thing. I never I have not gotten 0-2 in a tournament that I cared for. And there's been tournaments that I didn't care for, but whatever, I don't care. But I've not gone on two, so I think I'll do. I think I, I think I'll do well. I don't know, man. Well, uh, Hollywood, if if they're listening to this right now, they'll uh, they'll know because it'll be in the in the rather in the past by the time they listen to this. So, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be doing podcasts. Uh, shout outs to Hollywood and the tournament and all that. That was fun. But 
uh we should be back on a regular schedule now and uh yeah that's pretty much it unless you had any last words we're gonna get out of here i do but it's kind of like me just saying a shout out to my buddy oblivious because he hooked me up with the yakuza game like a dragon <laughs> hey yo story but like i found him the deal for best buy because that's you know i love finding deals i found him the deal for best buy and then what they did is that they sent the man a game with uh, a case with no game in it so <laughs> so then they like had to resend him the game and then they gave him uh the game like they gave him the cd and then they resent it to him so then he had an extra so he sent that game to me so that's pretty dope damn look at that and it was like it was actually man those yakuza games go dirty i don't know if you played any but you gotta play some man they're really damn fun man you gotta play some damn yakuza games man <laughs> i've never the closest i've ever come to playing a yakuza game is i've played uh damn what's that game called not Watch Dogs, the other one sleeping dogs uh, sleeping dogs oh yeah no they're so different dude because oh, okay. games are like like people think they're like grand theft auto but they're not so much because you don't really like fight or rob anything you just kind of spend this your time in like one like couple little small couple big areas but they have so much mini games and stuff man man if i find a, a cheap ass yakuza zero deal i'm getting you yakuza zero man you gotta <laughs> all right it's it's a perfect game to stream, bro. It's mad funny. So if you're thinking of anything to stream too, it's a perfect game to stream. It's full of mini games. It's a fun ass game, fun ass beat 'em up. And the recent one that's new it turned into like a turn based game, but it's very very different. But the new one that you might even like that turn based game actually because I heard it's mad good. But you hmm. got to try use the game. Man. Right on. I'll have to to look at that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's all we got for FGC Hollywood episode. 18 uh join our discord and every youtube version of this show we have our discord link come join we got some new green names and uh you gotta watch out for those green names man you never know where you're gonna get they're uh some interesting people no i'm kidding they're they're cool but uh watch out the one <laughs> i forgot his name sorry i apologize but uh one person joined and uh the first thing he did was put a cat emote and i was like uh oh we got trouble bro <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. No, but no, we got we got a fun little community there. We we have a good time. And uh, yeah, so come join. We're, we're probably going to host another tournament probably in a couple months, hopefully. And uh, but yeah, that's all we got for FGC Hollywood episode 18. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening to this and we'll see you guys next week. Peace out, y'all. Peace, y'all. Take care.